This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Minor 251 chord progressions are found all over the place in jazz standards, and so we need to be able to navigate them with relative ease. But how can we spice them up? How can we make them sound interesting when we improvise or walk bass lines or comp over top of these chord progressions? Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today in today's episode. We're going to talk about three different ways we can spice up minor 251 chord progressions. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve and unleash your musical potential, no matter what instrument you play. So excited to be here for another show. Uh, we're going to be talking about minor 2-5-1 chord progressions, because like I said, these are everywhere in jazz standards. And I think the big goal for us is jazz improvisers or compers or walking bass lines, uh, bass players, all that stuff, is we're trying to make our improv and our playing more interesting, right? We're trying to outline chord changes better. We're trying to feel more comfortable navigating chord progressions. And sometimes, though, having some extra musical information to use can be very helpful. So I'm going to be giving some specific strategies that deal with harmony. How do we add more harmonic movement or more harmonic interest? And I think it's also helpful to use harmony as tools to conceptualize ideas that we can play, even if the rest of the band is still playing just a regular minor 2-5-1 chord progression. So we're going to dig into that. Before we do that, of course, we're going to thank our sponsor, which is our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. This is the membership where uh, we help you get the tools, the resources, and the step-by-step training you need to improve your jazz skills quicker all while practicing less. We believe in the inner circle that even if you practice just half an hour at a time or an hour or two a week, that you can make incredible gains if you're using the steps and processes, programs, and systems that we use within the inner circle. Now, we're also studying Softly as a Morning Sunrise, which is an awesome minor tune with tons of minor 251 chord progressions within our inner circle membership this month. So we deep dive into jazz standards and really get to know them really well, one jazz standard at a month in our jazz standards club. So if that sounds like something of interest to you, uh, don't wait, become a member, ljsinnercircle.com, and you can check it out, see if it's a good fit for you. Doesn't matter what instrument you play, 
we're here to help you. We're here to serve you. And we have an amazing community of like-minded musicians who are also ready to help you succeed in your musicianship. So lgsinnercircle.com. Look forward to seeing you inside of the inner circle. All right, let's jump right into these three different strategies for adding more interest to your minor 251 chord progressions. Okay, again, these strategies that I'm going to share with you today, uh, you can use in your improvisation, you can use in your comping, and you can use in your walking bass lines because these are harmonic concepts that we're going to use to add more movement and interest inside of the regular minor 2-5-1 chord progression. Now, just to make sure everybody's caught up to speed, don't want to leave anybody out, what is a minor 2-5-1 chord progression? So let's uh, deal in the teacher's key here. also happens to be the key of softly as in a morning sunrise, which is kind of what I'm basing uh, today's uh, lesson off of using the chord progressions in the context of a minor 2-5-1 in. So uh, in C minor... C minor is our one chord, okay? C minor seven, right? We always like to use uh, seventh chords very often in jazz. And then a two chord is D minor seven flat five. The five chord is G seven or G seven alt or any variation of that. And then we have our one chord. So a D minor seven flat five is a two. And then G seven is the five. And then the C minor is the one. I've played a little fancy C minor 11 at the end just for a little bit of uh, a little bit of spice there. But uh, we can play any extension we want over top of those that fit within those qualities of chords. Okay, so awesome. I mean, minor two five ones are great. And I highly recommend, of course, you just getting comfortable being able to improvise over these chord progressions. Like understand, hey, over a half diminished chord, you know, what's some strategies I can use? Okay, obviously... Right, you have the chord tones. That's a good strategy. Or, you know, if you want to think more in scales because you want to understand what note choices you have available to you, you have the Locrian mode. Right, that fits over top of that D minor seven flat five. By the way, Locrian mode, uh, it's really just you're playing an E flat major scale but you're starting on what we call the lead tone, which is the last note of the scale. In this case, the last note of an E-flat major would be D. So you're really just starting on the last note of an E-flat major scale. Right. Uh, also, sometimes people play the Locrian sharp too. So that's another option, but we're not really talking about scales today and all that. But obviously, just you know, having some tools available to you, right? Right, that's the five chord hitting chord tones, or right, that was some altered notes. Right, I was using some some flat thirteens in there, some sharp nines, some you know, flat nines. And just getting used to targeting these notes is, is a good thing. And again, that's not really what this episode is about today. We're not talking about every single strategy for approaching a regular minor 2-5-1. But we're going to take a look at this from a different angle, right? We're going we're gonna to think to ourselves, okay, we know what a minor 2-5-1 is, but how can we just make it sound great? And again, 
even if the rest of the band, like let's say you're a saxophone player and the rest of the band is just playing a regular old minor 251, these harmonic concepts I'm about to talk to you about, you can superimpose them over top. And you can also do this as well if you're a comping instrument or a bass player, you can superimpose this harmony over top of what everybody else is playing in the band. Okay, so before we start, though, let's just kind of hear what improvising over this minor 251 is going to sound like. I'm going to kind of use, again, Softly as a Morning Sunrise, tune we're studying in our Inner Circle membership this month, as a reference point. So kind of the way Softly as a Morning Sunrise starts is it starts on the one chord. Um, it goes, then it goes two, five, so one bar of one, and then two beats each of the two and the five, and then back to the one chord. And so the melody of Softly as in Morning Sunrise over that A section is... Right? And, all right, so let's go ahead and, and play an example here of me just improvising over those basic chord changes. So uh, just a little example of some improv over top of that. Now let's uh, let's take that basic chord progression, the one six two, uh, the one two five one rather, and let's uh, start adding more harmonic movement. So we're going to be doing what we call a turnaround. Now, obviously, a turnaround is just how do we get from the one chord all the way back to the one chord again? So the most basic turnaround is really a two five one. Right, but we're going to add more to it. So now, what we're going to do is we're going to our first uh, example here is going to be a one, so C minor seven. Then we're going to go to the flat seven. Okay, this is uh, a dominant seventh chord. Okay, so it's a B flat seven. So we're going to go C minor seven, B flat seven. And now, what we're going to do is what we call a tritone sub of two. Now, a, a tritone sub is basically substituting a, a, a chord, a tritone away from another chord. So in this case, our two chord is a D minor seven. And that's a tritone interval, which is the flat five or the sharp four, however you want to think about it. And that is A flat. And we're going to make that a dominant seventh chord as well. So now we have an A flat seven. Okay, so we have a C minor seven for our one chord. Then we're adding a flat seven, so two beats of one, two beats of the flat seven, two beats of the A flat seven, that's the tritone sub of two, and then G seven, that's our five chord, back to the one. So now we have one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. 
I mean, you probably have heard that before. It almost, uh, maybe it sounds like a cliche to you. But what's really cool about this is by superimposing this harmony, we can start thinking about those chord tones that are, you know, unique to those chords. So, right, that's our C minor. And then we have the B flat, so we can start thinking. Then we have the A flat. There, that was the G7. Back to the one again, right? So. Right? So you kind of could hear that harmonic movement going. The one. That's the B flat seven. Right, that's the G7. So just by simply adding those chords, we can start thinking about this 2-5-1 turnaround in a little bit of a different way. We have the tritone substitution, and instead of you know four beats of the one chord for the first bar, now it's only two beats followed by the flat seven, B flat seven. So with that being said, let's kind of just mess around with improvising and try to hear what it sounds like when we do this. So you heard me intentionally outlining those chords, and yeah, it added a lot more interest into the sounds. And obviously, the comping and the play the play along I was using, uh, those chords were in the harmony. But again, I want to emphasize that just because uh, I did have those there and I was outlining those chord changes, it doesn't mean that the comping instruments have to be playing that as well. Again, uh, jazz is all about tension and release. So if you're adding tension and releasing it in a very logical way. That's what really creates that excitement in jazz improvisation and jazz harmony in general. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Uh, this one is a little bit similar, but it's still going to change things a little bit. So now what I want to do is take our one chord, our C minor 7, and instead of going to the flat 7 like we did before, we're going to go to an E flat 7 chord, okay? Okay, an E flat 7 chord. Um, now, essentially what this is, the E flat 7, the four chord uh, in C minor is going to be an E flat major. We call this the relative minor, okay? But what we're doing is we're turning it into some blues harmony here and turning it into a dominant seventh chord. So um, we could go C minor 7 to E flat major 7, but we're looking for more of a bluesy sound. So we're going to go C minor 7 to E7 to add that blues in there. And then we're going to go to the A flat 7. Okay, that was that tritone sub of 2. And the G7 to the C minor 7. Okay, so it's 1, 2, 4 chord. Now, right? So just a subtle difference. Like, listen to the flat 7. 
Right? Now listen to the four chord. Yeah, it has a little bit of a different sound to it. So we're going to be really targeting those notes in that E flat seven chord to see how that brings a slightly different flavor and intentionality to our improvisation here. So let's go ahead and play along with a backing track to hear what it sounds like. So uh, you heard me kind of outlining, if you're really listening closely to that second chord, uh, you heard me outlining that E flat seven, uh, you know, most of the time. Um, and again, that it's just a very subtle difference there, but that difference really brought a slightly different color into the picture. And as long as I was resolving it all, it was sounding pretty good, right? It sounded pretty awesome. Okay, so now for our very last, our third example of adding more harmony to this particular chord progression, uh, we're going to add even more tension here, and this is a, a really great trick. We're basically going to tritone sub the, the heck out of this thing. So we're going to go one chord, and then we're going to go to the four chord like we did before, but then what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm going to turn that two chord, the D minor seven flat five, into a dominant seventh chord. Okay, so it's it's kind of going to add. It's we're changing the quality of the chord. But that's okay, especially in jazz. It's like changing almost any chord to a dominant seventh chord is is acceptable in, in a lot of ways, most cases. So we have a one chord here, the C minor seven, then the D flat, uh, the E flat seven, the four chord. And then we're going D7, and now we're going to do what's called a tritone sub of five. So remember that a tritone interval away is what we're looking for. So G is the five chord. So the tritone away from that is D flat seven. Okay. Okay. So we have C minor seven, E flat seven, D seven, D flat seven, and then we're going to resolve to the one chord. So. So a lot of awesome chromatic movement going on here. Um, now, the key when we're doing these kinds of tritone substitutions is we actually do want to focus a bit on playing the roots, which is, t t you know, you often hear with when when people talk about jazz improvisation, like, hey, don't target the roots so much. But let me just quickly give you a theoretical explanation of why in this particular case, we may want to target the roots a little bit more than normal. So C minor seven, right? It's okay, whatever. Whatever we want to target here is fine. When we get to this E flat seven, again, it's fine to play the thirds and all that stuff is fine, right? But we want to play this this root here because when we go to the D flat seven, okay, the only difference between an A flat seven, which was our tritone substitute, uh, tritone sub of two, and the D flat seven, is mostly the root because if you think about it, the thirds and the sevenths of a D seven 
are the same as the third and the seventh, or rather the seventh and the third of an A flat seven. Now, if that goes over your head over a little bit, that's okay. Just know that the D seven and the A flat seven are quite related. And so in order to really um, drive home to the ear that we're not just playing an A flat seven, a tritone sub a two, and we're playing a D seven, we're gonna really wanna target that D note to really bring it out a little bit more, okay? Right, that's kind of the sounds we want our ear to hear in order to drive home this sound. Okay, then we're gonna go to the tritone sub of five. Now again, we're gonna wanna target the the root of that D flat seven a little bit more because again, the same concept applies. The difference between the uh, tritone sub of five and the G7 are actually not that large because again, the thirds and the sevenths of D flat seven and the seventh of and the third of a G7 are actually the same notes. So those being the, the guide tones, the important notes, we actually do want to draw more attention to the roots. And and what's kind of fun about doing this is, you know. We're gonna get these cool out, quote unquote, sounds that resolve together. And it's gonna really kind of bring people's attention to your solos or to your bass lines, to your comping, because they're gonna be like, oh, that was something different. And not that we wanna do this all the time, but as long as we're, again, coming to these resolutions, it's gonna have a real powerful effect on the listener. So with that being said, let's go ahead and do some improv to hear what this sounds like. Okay, so we had there our beautiful tritone substitutions, chromatic dominant seventh chord stuff moving along, and I think you would probably agree with me, that sounded very interesting. Um, and so we have now three different strategies harmonically that you can use to spice up those minor two, five, one chord progressions to add more interest. And again, I know I've said this a lot during this episode, but I want to emphasize if you're a bass player, you can use these concepts. If you're a piano player, guitar player, comping, you can use these concepts. If you're a horn player or any other single note line player, you can use these concepts and your solos. All of it is fair game in jazz as long as you're using it to resolve. And again, you know, some of these ideas I was just playing, right? These were, these are quote unquote out, but nothing is really out um, um, unless you resolve it, right? If you resolve it nicely, then it sounds like you're a freaking jazz master. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those little tricks and tools, not only to play the chord changes better, but how to just make people go, wow, that was interesting. I want to hear more about what this person is playing. Okay, so hopefully you can use some of these tools. What I would encourage you to do, my challenge for this week for you is to pick at least 
one of these harmonic tools that I just gave you and practice this for a bit, ensuring that you're hitting those chord changes and just experiment kind of like I was just doing and see what you come up with. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Hope you found some value in today's show. Uh, And make sure that you take action, right? Because knowledge without action isn't really knowledge at all. So remember, that is the key every single time you listen to the show. Uh, Like I said, hey, we really deep dive into jazz standards every single month in our Inner Circle membership. Uh, Softly as a morning sunrise is what we've been studying this month. We have another great tune next month. And of course, we have a library of all the tunes in the Inner Circle that we've studied. And uh, it's really a good way just to, you know, really get inside of a tune on a deep level, like over one month, really understand the harmony, really understand the note choices, really understand the melody, the chord changes, learn some etudes and some solos, you know, share your improv with a community of other musicians who are interested in your success. And it's really a helpful way to do it. That's just one part of our Inner Circle membership is our Jazz Standards Club. So do check it out at ljsinnercircle.com. It's for all instruments. You don't have to play a a specific instrument. Um, So definitely check it out, ljsinnercircle.com. All right, we're going to be coming out with another great episode next week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.